episode 266 of Global from Asia. We are talking about deal making in Thailand. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Thank you, everybody, for choosing to download and listen and stream or however you're getting this into your earbuds or maybe you're putting it on the speakerphone at your office or your kids. My kids sometimes listen to the show or they're listening to it. They they just busted into my home office, honestly, during the recording. So I, I think they might be more popular. You guys might like listening to them more than me, maybe. Huh. told my son maybe he'll become the host one day. Six years for this show in October. There's been some pauses and ups and downs. Sometimes we've done two weeks. Sometimes we do a show every other week. We're at 266 shows at the Global From Asia interview series. We had the e-commerce gladiator series, which had somewhat of an ending or a new beginning last week. Got a lot of feedback from listeners. And some people don't listen to every single show, so they didn't know the whole story. And they were listening to one show saying, Mike, I don't know what's going on. Sorry about that. I guess I'm making the assumption some of you have followed some of the previous series of the shows. We will keep things rocking and rolling. This week's interesting follow-up. It's an interview. We have another business broker. There's I'm getting in the world of business brokering or buying and selling of businesses myself. This one's also uh, about buying online businesses more in the content and software as a service or SaaS business world. And he's based in Thailand. I, I bumped into him in a group, talked about Thailand, elite visas and immigration, and and uh, we turned it into an episode. So it's a mix of lifestyle, how is it, why choosing to live in Thailand. Like uh, I've also chosen what's the pros, some of the cons, all these different immigration options. Some of you maybe watched my video blog at mikesblog.com and you uh, seen some of the struggles I've been through when I first came here. There is some hassles. I think immigration is a pain in the butt anywhere, but he's he talks about some of the perks he gets as a Thailand elite visa holder for 20 years, which is pretty amazing. And we get into some other stories and in my blah, blah, blah section after, I'll talk about so my first year, almost coming into a year of living in Thailand, and we'll hear about some of my own pros and cons as well. So without further ado, let's get into this week's show, globalformasia.com slash episode 266 for the show notes and full transcription. We are investing in transcribing this, and we have an amazing team, LJ and Cheryl and Alvin and Mindy and, and more helping make this show go online after my big mouth is done talking on a microphone but let's get into this week's show are you looking to get into amazon fba but you don't want all the headaches of dealing actual business are you looking to be more of a passive investor getting exposure to the growing fba business so as you might have heard in recent episodes i am a partner at alpharockcapital.com it is a holdings company going through the process of being a proper fund but not yet technically can say that buying and holding and consolidating Amazon FBA companies. If you are interested to get involved or even maybe sell your business, check it out at alpharockcapital.com. Thank you everybody for tuning in to another Global From Asia podcast. We are talking Thailand and deals, trading and lifestyle. Uh, I have an exciting guest on the show today, Michael. I'm going to try my best, Beroslavsky from Domain Magnet, 
So thanks so much for making it today on the show, Michael. Thanks, Mike, and good morning. Yeah, it's a great morning. So you're up earlier in Europe now, you say? I am in Chiang Mai, Thailand right oh, now. Chiang Mai. So oh, okay, great. 11 a.m. Yeah, same time zone here. So we're talking today, you know, we're going to kind of do a mix of business and lifestyle. As always, people like a little bit of the technical part of, you know, living in, in of course, Asia. And of course, you are a deal, you're a broker, deal maker. Do you want to maybe introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? Uh, sure. So I run a small private equity firm called The Main Magnate. We buy businesses, we manage our own portfolio. We also recently started our first fund with investors. Um, and our strategy is generally to buy content and SaaS-based businesses. So we buy them, we find the best deals, we manage them, and we try to improve things, and then we try to resell quickly to make some profits. And that's something that I've personally been involved in for, for the past 15 years. And that's also always been my passion, you know, just buying and selling things. Uh, online businesses, the main names, the real estate in different countries, all kinds of things like that. Exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's exciting. I mean, I'm, I'm actually, I don't know if we should catch up too. I'm, I'm deeper into FBA lately, but I mean, I'm also passionate about content. I know a lot of our listeners do online businesses and, and SaaS and FBA. Um, and in myself, actually, we're more actively working in consolidating certain FBA companies, which I could mention to you. It's really, really new for my, my own world, but uh, it's exciting times and uh, it's great to have you on the show. So when you're doing that, so you, you pick to kind of center your life and work around uh, Thailand. How did, that, how did you first get into thinking Thailand is a place to be? Well, uh, I used to live in Israel, and then I started traveling a bit more, and I decided to uh, to see if I could move out and you know move to a different place. So I've been uh, traveling quite a bit for past three or so years, and uh, I just found myself coming back to Thailand uh, every time. So I figured that I quite like it, and I decided that I might just make it one of my sort of home bases and i got a visa and i even uh, bought some real estate here and that's it and i've learned uh three words in thai so far in three years okay yeah i'm i'm new to thailand too so i'm, I'm taking notes for myself been a, been a little bit less than a year and yeah it's definitely a nice nice place and relaxed good quality of life cost of living and it's true, right? We we don't need to learn Thai, right? I mean, you said you have a few words, but you, you can you can live pretty well without the language. Would you say? I know some listeners might be concerned to travel outside their home country with languages and things like that. Yeah, it's it's a difficult language to learn. Like it's not it's not like uh, English. It's not like the European languages. It's just more complicated. Definitely. And then there's the different character sets. It always looks like these curly, curly lines, you know, and uh, it's, uh, it's a tricky one. Um, well, there's a part of this, but I think one of our uh, first world problems, I think, of a lot of listeners and, and ourselves is we can kind of almost pick anywhere, but I don't think anywhere is exactly perfect. I think every 
country or location has negatives, what would you would you say, or maybe you don't see any? Is there anything that's an issue here in Thailand from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I think everything has some benefits and some downsides. Uh, I had, you know, it's funny you say that because I had that impression then I first decided to move out of Israel and decided that maybe I will just go live somewhere else. And mm-hmm. then I realized that I could live anywhere pretty much. And there is, there is a lot of choice. So I've, I've spent some time in Europe. I was in US, Canada. I was in South America. I traveled a little bit around Asia. And, you know, every new country I would go, I'd start thinking, would I like to live here? And just start looking at the, you know, different benefits and downsides figuring out what fits best. Okay. Yeah, it's true. And uh, do you have any specific negatives you can think of or in Thailand? Yeah, then it comes to Thailand. Um, I'm guessing when you compare it to, to the Western world, it's not, it's not as developed. So it's not probably not as tidy, not as clean. Um, the language certainly is a barrier so most yeah most locals do not speak much english of course the the more educated people would would generally speak good english but most people in thailand i would say do not speak almost any english at all uh there are probably quite a few things you can you can come up with in terms of negatives but i think the the positives are are pretty good as well I'd say the main thing I like about Thailand is that the culture is, is really really kind of nice and, and positive and polite. So the other day, uh, a few weeks ago, I was, I was in the Grab. Grab is uh, it's like the local Uber. And um, about uh, 10 or 15 minutes after I left the, the taxi, I suddenly saw the taxi driver come by. I was at the doctor's office and he came by. And he gave me a 1,000 baht note. And I was really surprised, like, what's, what's going on? I, uh, I, I know that I paid. I paid automatically through the app. Mm. And it turns out I just dropped some cash in the cab. Oh. Like, it just fell out of my pocket. And, of course, I had no idea. I would have never even noticed that. So he could have just, you know, continued with it. But he, he realized that, and then he came back to return it. So, you know, would that happen in in the place where you're living right now? That's a question. True, true. Yeah, they're very, uh, very honest. I think it's also a lot of the the religion is primarily Buddhist. There's temples everywhere and they, uh, I think their, their lifestyle is, is not as money oriented, which sometimes might be a negative because they're not maybe always in a rush either, right? Sometimes I maybe add to it. It's a little bit slower here. I spent many years in China, so it's much slower here, um, which is a good and a bad thing. But, but yeah, you can definitely trust people. Don't, in my experience, don't don't yeah, like you are very honest and don't take advantage. Um, but uh, I think one of the issues for me, at least, has been immigration. I, I've I've you know been learning about it, but I think a lot of the digital nomads, maybe the just the um, startups, might not have. Uh, good options. I guess you can take karate class or you can take Thai class. You know, I think there's uh, there's some options, but I think immigration is a little bit of a headache if you're not, if you're not sure where you're, how long you'll stay or other options. 
Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that in the past, in the past couple of years specifically, they've gotten a lot more strict. So I know many, many people, uh, some friends as well, that got in trouble with immigration recently in Thailand. Yeah, they've been cracking down. I think it seems like it's happening everywhere around the world because I think years ago, governments didn't really know about this, whatever you want to call it, digital nomads or lifestyle business entrepreneurs, etc. They They didn't really know. And we, we as uh, online business people could kind of just go under the radar and live anywhere and just kind of do visa runs. But it's, uh, it's, I think most governments now are re- realizing this is a thing and they are, uh, they're catching up. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. And then I think the next part is, you know, there are some options. I think Thailand has an elite visa program, which, uh, which is interesting, but it's definitely would say more at the elite level. Um, do you want to share about this program that, that they have? Yeah, so this is the one that I uh, bought recently and I, I gave it some thought. So uh, if there are several uh, options right now. If you're coming in for like a short term, you can just get a regular visa. Well, with the, this exemption, you can stay for one month in Thailand or 30 days with most passports and then you can extend it for 30 more days. But then it becomes more difficult because the next time you come into the country, they might not let you in. They might force you to get a visa. And that happened a couple of times with, with some mm. people I know. So the option would be to go get a three months visa or a six months visa, which is something that you can just get through for your embassy, like in US or wherever, um, before you go to Thailand. And uh, a longer term option would be to get a one year visa. So they have here options, like you mentioned, with uh, language learning or with Muay Thai. And um, that, but that forces you to go to classes. So you actually have to go, um, I think, a couple of times a week to some classes and learn. So spend some time. And the other option is the Thai Elite Visa, which I think is the best option if you can afford it. So the one that I got is for, uh, we currently have several options. The one that I got is for 20 years and it costs 1 million baht. So that's about $32,000. And that basically a visa, it's a renewable one year visa. So you can spend, you can stay in a country for, you know, for 20 years. And every time you enter, you get a one year stamp. Awesome. Yeah, it definitely seems like the way to go. And I know some listeners might be thinking that's a little bit much, but I know I saw in the group, you know, we connect as really invest like a boss group. And uh, I saw, yeah, I think if we do the math, right, people don't realize they just look at the total number. But I think if you're really dividing it all out and uh, the travel of the, all, the school costs, all that, I don't know if you'd like to share some of the mathematical processes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like uh, $1,600 per year. And uh, you, you don't have to do any kind of visa runs. You don't have to worry about it. If you are staying in Thailand, you don't have to go to do extensions. So it's, uh, you, you save a lot of time. You also get some extra like, VIP services. So you get fast truck airport. 
you might get uh, some uh, limo service to the airport, which is just, just like a grab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they call it, it's funny if they call it limo service, but in reality, it's just, just a regular car that, you know, it's, it's like the same as grab. Wow. Did they give you champagne or anything? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not an actual limo. It's, it's very strange. It's just a regular car, and it's actually more complicated than grab because you, you have to order it up front. Like at least days, and then you have to confirm it, and then like you have to explain and give them the address and everything. So it's easier to just use Grab. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, especially in Chiang Mai, it's not so far from the airport and stuff. But well, that's but there's some perks. See, I mean, I've I, I don't have it yet. I'm honestly for me, uh, I'm on a guardian visa. I have two kids, so um, I'm like a dad. So as long as I pay my kids school and and everything, I'm okay. But it's a uh, you know, there's a, and I know some people, what they do is, of course, you can set up to register a company and hire yourself and hire four ties, or there's these services that are gray, I would say. I don't know how legal they are, but you probably heard of these where they can hire you for a fee. You pay, your, pay yourself through them, which is, seems like it's somewhat popular in Thailand, but uh, I would say it's on the gray area but uh, there's different different options but i think for like this thai elite visa is uh you know they try to make it a vip experience they also will you know you don't have to do these travels as much you know it's a vip experience and they get to show you you know you know you could do the math if you divide out the flights and all these or the fees or taxes or if you register the company etc uh you know i think I've heard others of Thai Elite Visa too say it does work out over the time. Uh, does that mean your 20 years is you're a lifer or a, I don't know, just, it seems like you must love it here, right? You're for the long term. I like it. Yeah, I'm not sure how long I'm going to stay here. I think uh, I can definitely see myself coming to Thailand for, for a few months every year. Uh, and, you know, it's nice just to have that option and to know that that you can that you are always uh, like a VIP tourist in in Thailand, even if you are living on the other side of the globe. True, you got that. It is, so it has a card. You have like a some kind of a special card for this. It must be right on your passport. Or is yeah, this... there is. A, uh, there is a yeah. It's called the Elite Card. <laughs> nice. It's yeah. It's actually kind of handy. So I showed it a couple of times. Like I showed it at the bank once at the bank, oh, okay. and I noticed how the attitude just changed immediately. Because I'm usually dressed just like your average backpacker, you know, in shorts. And, <laughs> and uh, they don't pay that much attention because that's that's how everyone is dressed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just showed that the elite card, and I noticed the attitude immediately changed. Oh, like, there you go. Oh, okay, like come in, please sit here, and then uh-huh. they try. Some extra services like they want to open another bank account or something like that there and then they came out with me to show me how to use uh, uh, I forgot like there is this extra ATM service like you, you set up the, the bank app and all those things wow. uh, so it's handy that does sound like a good perk and I think also, you know, some other benefits, let's talk maybe on a deal flow. So you're buying, selling businesses. I think Thailand is also probably good for networking. I mean, there's a lot of, I know there's a lot of community, there's events. Is that part of it? Or I mean, you, 
would you say that's a benefit of Thailand? There must be a lot yeah. of people. I'd say that uh, Chiang Mai, Chiang Mai has quite a, quite a good community of entrepreneurs. Actually, I noticed that you recently interviewed Matt Diggity, who is also uh, yeah. in Chiang Mai. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a yeah very active and experienced SEO guy. Definitely recommend checking out that episode for for listeners. But yeah, of course he does a conference for SEO. We talked about and uh, yeah, there's this place has become the hub for nomads. I guess it's, but there's somewhat of a negative a little bit. Some of my friends, you know, they say it's been, you know, a lot of times newbies come here, right? They're it's kind of gotten that uh, first destination for the new digital nomad so but there's people like you and me and and matt diggity and others that are spending more time here too but i think there's also quite a bit of new people which which is which is fine you know of course we will at least i welcome you know people new to the uh online business world and uh but it, it does give that ability for people anywhere because it's a pretty low cost and uh, pretty welcoming and there's meetups all the time people can go to uh and uh, especially in this industry you're in the content and SaaS type of business world there's plenty of that here um but of course we can do online as well like we're doing this podcast online and and other parts um do you want to share like maybe what's the what's the normal life day in the life for you at domain magnate like some deals you want examples or some 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 ways you would do your normal work yeah yeah so there is quite a big community like you mentioned and the the majority are starting out so Chiang Mai mostly attracts people that want to go and kind of figure things out and try to start the the online business but there are also quite a few people that have established businesses and some some serious companies I know there are quite a few FBA people here as well um, there are there are so many events. It's crazy. Like every there is something. <coughs> there are entrepreneurs events that attract like a couple hundred people, and it's just and it's just a random weekly event, for example. So this scene is quite big. So for me personally, um, in terms of the business, what we do is we we buy we buy different uh, mostly content and stuff sites so for example last month we bought a, uh, a content business that makes about $150,000 in, in profit and so we are working on that Great. before that we acquired the sales business with about $50,000 in, in annual profit and so that's that's the kind of businesses we deal with uh, for me personally my lifestyle it's uh, one of the things I like about Thailand is, of course, the, the cost. So everything is kind of cheap and you can get some really good services in Chiang Mai for, for most things. True. So I'm able to have a really good lifestyle here without spending, you know, nearly as much as I would in other places. So I'm able to, so I have a, I have a personal trainer that, that goes with me to the gym every day and he's, he's a professional bodybuilder. Cool. Like one of the top bodybuilders in, in, in Thailand, for example. Nice. Yeah, like I have a, a bodywork specialist that I go to every once in a while just to do some massage to help with some, you know, with some with some posture and spine alignment, things like that. Uh, like the medical service is also very good. Like doing medical checkups and things like that. That's, that's pretty good here and, and expensive. Not expensive. 
um, uh, going, you know, going to the pool and just things like that with food is, it's possible to get, <coughs> excuse me, there is healthy, good quality food, also at reasonable prices. So you can, you can pretty much get anything you want at, uh, inexpensively here. That's what I like. Yeah, totally, totally agree with you. I mean, it's, it's also what, what's that medical tourism? I think Thailand's a top place globally for people take a vacation, do some medical things, and you still save money net net from doing it in your home country. So I think there's a huge industry for, for that here. Um, but of course, if you and I like we're living here, we can just do it anytime we want to, but some people, you know, make it a, make it a, make it a trip. Um, and so you're, so let's back to your business lifestyle. So you're, you know, like you're going, do you have your personal trainer and you know, your, your masseuse, um, and then you're doing your business trade. So like you're, you most do that online or is there any off? I mean, it, are you doing this at events in person or is this purely like purely like calls like this and, and uh, email? Is there any offline element or are you purely online? Yeah, it's, it's all been online so far. Uh, actually it's interesting. I've never done, I've never done a, an online deal offline. I've done some <laughs> offline deals offline. Like I bought some, some properties here and there. So that's something that you have to do offline, of course. Uh, but when it comes to online businesses, it's only been online deals. Okay. So there's no like a meeting in a, in a garage and uh, <laughs> one person brings a suitcase and one person brings a domain transfer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, there are definitely meetings and, and meetups. So like some of, the people that I've done deals with, we've, we've met before in person, but somehow the deals themselves have just always happened online. I don't know. That's, that's how it, it's been. Sure. I mean, I think that's the beautiful thing about buying and selling online businesses. Like you can do it anywhere. And of course, you know, there's usually it's like a checklist, of course, the domain, any kind of servers, you know, customer databases, but uh, that's, that's the beautiful thing about, doing online business is uh it's pretty pretty transferable and can be done uh online so um that's pretty amazing yeah absolutely and now that they are going into some bigger uh, uh bigger like bigger scales and we are getting close to to looking at businesses uh you know around one million dollars I expect that there will be a bit more offline deals as well. So I expect that some of the for some of those deals, I might get to to meet some of you know to meet some of the sellers and negotiate a little bit uh, directly. So that might happen soon. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think events are great for that and and uh, networking and finding more finding more opportunities and more uh, more deals. So yeah, I mean, I think this has been a fun conversation. And maybe you can share a little bit about how your business works or how people can connect with you. Yeah, sure. Uh, so if you have a content business that you want to sell, a content or a SaaS business, uh, right now we do not buy FBA businesses, but we'll probably get into that next year. So you can just contact us by going to domainmagnate.com slash sell. Uh, or you can look me up directly, just Google Michael Vereslavsky and 
you know, contact me for Facebook or Twitter. Cool. And, uh, and this is for sellers. We, uh, we also have different services for investors. And we have a concierge buying service as well, if you're looking to buy established businesses. And uh, we are currently starting a podcast, which should go live sometime uh, this month in August. Great. So that I'll be on the site. If people can just find the podcast tab to subscribe or listen in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It will be everywhere. It will okay. Be the iTunes. Episode. Yeah. And we have we already recorded a couple interesting episodes. The first one, one of the first ones was with the CEO of Flipper. Nice. So we have some really interesting discussions. Okay, great. I'll check it out too. And so this has been a great talk, Michael. Thanks for your time. And uh, I think you'll give some people some insights about maybe why Thailand and some of the some of the options also for the immigration kind of immigration things. So. Thank you. And we should also talk too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually pretty active in the FBA space here in the content SaaS. So hopefully there's some ways we can also collaborate as well. Sure. Thanks, Mike. And thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure to talk to you. My pleasure. Are you making payments in and out of Asia? Do you want a simple and lower cost way to do that? Check out goremit.hk. One of our long-term sponsors here at Global From Asia supporting the show. Support If you enjoy what you're listening to, you can check them out. If you have a Hong Kong bank and you want to make payments to other parts of Asia and just pay a small commission on your transaction rather than these fixed costs and other hassles of dealing with traditional banks, they are definitely a good place to check out. Of course, free to apply. Go through the KYC process. Once you're approved, you can make payments to China, Philippines, Vietnam, Thailand, and many other places. Check it out. www.goremit.hk. Okay, thank you, Michael, for sharing. I I love making make making connections and making people one plus one equals three, hopefully, in life. At least that's what we should all be working towards. I'll plan to meet up with him soon and talk some business so a little bit I said in my blah 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 section at the end I'm going to talk about some of my experiences in Thailand for the last year Michael and I were chatting about it after the interview too he was like oh you're here why are you here and he also said other uh, foreigners he knows that have Chinese girlfriends or relationships also have recently moved down to Chiang Mai Thailand so first maybe I spent almost over 10 years, 2007, I moved to Shenzhen, China uh, for sourcing and uh, opportunity seeking entrepreneur or sucker for punishment maybe as well. I'd like a challenge. I like, a, I like chaotic um, things. That's, that's, that's a lot of friends I met in China like that too, the adventure. And then... Uh, you know, you get married, you get kids, life changes. So for me, and also the environment in China has changed a lot. I mean, now it's really crazy. I mean, a lot of my friends said, wow, good thing you moved last year. It seems like a, a war zone literally happening, at least in the Hong Kong side, But uh, which is sad. It makes me actually tear up a little bit. But uh, it's not why I had left. I had left mostly for my kids' educational choice. That's what I told Michael after the interview, too. If you want English education in China, you're paying, I think, at least $20,000, $30,000 a year for kindergarten, which is insane, right? And, of course, I could have moved back to America. I'm an American. Could have 
hung out with my American friends or those in America. But I'm not yet ready to put my hat up and and hang up in, in Asia. And Thailand's only a couple hours away. There's tons of direct flights directly into Chiang Mai and, of course, into Bangkok. It's just an hour flight from Bangkok. So, but I think the name number one was the kids' school. I, I'm not down in Neiman. You know, and Michael's based in Neiman. And uh, I try to get there when I can for some events. But I'm kind of up in the burbs. I'm about 20 or so minutes away from downtown Chiang Mai. And I'm in a house. I pay 600 bucks a month for a two-story house, three-bedroom, no, four-bedroom, depends what you consider a bedroom, maybe even more, three bathrooms, and, uh, you know, a little bit of a yard, not as, not like an American suburb yard, but kids can kick a ball around, and it's a gated community, and we're about 10 or so minutes from the school, I wish I could walk there, I walked to school, my mom and dad always wanted me to walk to school, I wish I could have walked my kids to school, but there's super highways in between here and the school, so we're not walking distance, but you know, I uh, I'm so far happy with it. It was a bit of a nightmare in the immigration for me. I'm I'm a parent, visa or a guardian visa, so I paid my kids' school up front. I had to have a certain amount of money in the bank, um, a certain amount of waiting time and processing and converting a visa from one to another. All this nightmare and limit the lines. It actually seems to have gotten better, even in the last year, but. Uh, as in anything, the transition and the first part of anything is always the hardest. And I would say in this blah 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 section, I I'm a family man. I'm a dad. I'm I'm working online, doing this podcast in my little. Actually, I kicked my sis my well my daughter out of this bedroom. I use one of the bedrooms as my studio. And uh, they pop in sometimes to say hello, even though I tell them not to, which I know is other dads or moms working at home get a co-working space or a office somewhere but I still insist to work here usually I get a lot of my work done in the morning anyway as much as I can the brain work the maker work afternoon is like the email and the phone calls and the uh, the uh, communications type of work but we are working really hard here and in and we can work anywhere so I mean in Thailand then I try to spend the you know evening with my kids you know, it's no matter how much, no matter how rich you are, you still need time. Time is, I think, the best asset. So I'm really trying to spend as much time with my kids as I can, and just want to make a good life for them. I, I, I know I won't get these years back. So I'm, you know, I'm hanging out in the suburbs of Thailand. I've had some friends make it out to here, and they're like, "Wow, you're like kind of in the American suburbs of Thailand." It's true. I mean, you can't even walk. There's no 7-Elevens. I mean, I can cross a highway. It'll be about a ten-minute walk to a Seven Eleven. So, but this is what I chose when I left China. I wanted this more family-oriented life, online-based work. I definitely think um, Thailand or many parts of Southeast Asia. Of course, people are all crazy about Vietnam and other places. But for me, I'm I'm a dad first. I'm probably losing out on some business opportunities. Did a pretty cool deal with Alpha Rock and Mark and them and. We'll get them more into show, of course, as well. But you know, I'm uh, I'm happy I moved to Thailand. It, I don't know. Of course, we never know what would have happened if we had stayed where we were or went to a different place. But as far as this blah 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 section of my first year, you know, in the first few months were a little bit stressful. I think anywhere move place, especially if you're trying to go through the immigration of any country and the unknowns. Your kids' school, but their English has improved so much. Uh, when when Miles was in 
and uh, Maggie wasn't old enough to go into school when we were in China, but his he had one English class a day. And I don't want to disrespect anybody, but uh, the teacher, the English teacher that I had met, it's not somebody I would uh, invite over for dinner, let's say. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. I wasn't so satisfied with the English level, and we are paying about $10,000 a year or something for that. So it was like no English, not much English learning. And uh, Maggie's coming up for that as well. So 20 grand a year for two kids and little to no English I, I I feel was a little bit hard and yeah I could teach my kids English I could I could spend hours a day trying to teach them the alphabet of course I read to them but they need proper education I, I, I can't self educate my kids honestly even if I cut out a certain amount of hours so I don't have patience <laughs> to be honest and I like to do my online work and of course spend time with my kids but I can't be their teacher so we uh we looked around and you know, I know a lot of my friends said, oh, Vietnam, Vietnam. I'm like, do you got kids? They're like, no. I'm like, do you know anybody that has kids that has that goes to school there? And they're like, no. One or two said yes. But then I looked, and then they were maybe in corporate jobs that would pay their kids' school fee, and it was $25,000 a year or something. I mean, seriously, I, I can't – I don't even know if I had that kind of money. I would want to spend $25,000 a year for my kids' kindergarten. I just feel like that's insanity. So, anyways – I uh, feel here in Thailand, I'm paying about seven or eight a year for uh, each kid. It keeps increasing every grade. Miles has moved up to K3 now, so the price has gone up every year steadily. And then I was cracking up. I'm paying the bill. Literally, uh, this month, I was paying the bill for the school. You know, we brought the kids and my wife, and we're, and they're like, oh, yeah, we forgot about another charge. And we're going to... Last year we did a survey, and in the survey, they said that they didn't like the food, and they wanted more choices, and some of the kids didn't have enough food. So now we're going to move to a buffet-style lunch instead of a set lunch, and that's going to be another 10,000 body a semester a kid. So, sorry, i uh, got to add 20,000 baht more for you this year. I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm like, you know, I had that, like, when I was your age, I ate those, like, I don't know, tater tots and, like, what was one of those U.S. presidents said ketchup counts as a vegetable? You know, I was eating with those styrofoam plates and, uh, you know, that's the kind of lunch I ate, you know. Or my mom would give me a doggy bag of lunch, you know, pack a lunch for me. Uh, I think we would usually buy the hot lunch. I remember it's like hot lunch or a cold lunch, you know. I think I'll get the hot lunch, but it, these guys are going to get a buffet lunch now. So I guess they're, you know, getting the good life a good life but and they're definitely getting a lot of outdoor stuff you know i'm up in the burbs of thailand chiang mai and the mountains and there's my wife's pretty happy there's so many chinese here so half the time i can't even remember if i left china we're in like a saturday night family families get together and they're all speaking chinese even the kids are speaking chinese and i'm just like this white dude on a phone kind of like my life in china again but anyway so far everybody seems happy you know, it's definitely a slower-paced life. I, I, uh, but of course, I get out. I come back to China. I go to. I was just in Manila. I was in Bangkok. You know, so the kids and wife are happy here, and I go out for my war battles into uh, into these war zones. Literally, I probably gotta go to Hong Kong soon and uh, gotta strap up, man. Get my shields and gas masks on before I go and kiss wife and kids goodbye. And I hope I can make it back to 
the burbs in Chiang Mai and the mountains of North Thailand. So thanks so much for choosing to listen to Global From Asia. Getting up to six years here. And please try to support our sponsors. We have some regulars, goremit.hk. I try to plug them on a lot of the shows for cross-border payments. And, of course, one of our sponsors or our partners or my, you know, a lot of my time now is alpharockcapital.com. Definitely uh, check them out for Amazon FBA. And we got even our guest today, Domain Magnate. Michael is buying SaaS and content businesses, which kind of all works out. You know, you can uh, buy and sell all these kind of different businesses and move out to Thailand and uh, and uh, live the good life in the mountains. Come on out. See you guys later. Bye-bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.